What's up, guys? Welcome into the Denver Sports Podcast. I'm Harrison Wynn. You probably know me from DNVR Nuggets, the DNBA show, the DNVR Nuggets podcast. Well, I'm taking over the Denver Sports Podcast. And today on the first episode of me hosting this show, got a great interview with Nuggets legend Andre Miller that I'm going to play for you guys in a couple minutes. We talked about a lot of really insightful stuff. Andre Miller, who played for the Nuggets for seven seasons, is coaching the Nuggets G League affiliate in Grand Rapids. So I spoke with him about life in the G League, what it was like to coach Peyton Watson last season, uh, comparing his game to Nikola Jokic, which I thought was really interesting because I think Andre Miller is kind of the maybe point guard version of Nikola Jokic. We also watched a couple of Andre Miller's greatest highlights from his career and talked about him. So that interview is coming up, but I kind of just wanted to set the stage for what the show is going to be about and then go into my opening rant, which I think is going to be a feature of every show. Um, but here on the Denver Sports Podcast, this is going to be a once a week podcast hosted by me, and I'm going to aim to have a guest on every single week. It could be a interview I do with him over Zoom or her. It, they could be in studio here right next to me, but I want to have you know somebody from Denver sports on every single week. This week is Andre Miller, and of course, I cover the Nuggets. Th this show is going to be a lot about the Nuggets, but it's also going to be about other Denver sports. You know, I could have a Broncos guest on, an Avalanche guest, a Rockies guest, probably not, but maybe if the Rockies are relevant, um, and it's going to be once a week. Thanks, Tiff, for that. I appreciate it. Um, so that's a bit about what to expect from this show. Once a week show hosted by me covering all of Denver sports, but we're going to talk a lot about the Nuggets. They are the best team in town. They deserve to be. So that's where I'll start today. And I'll get into my opening rant here, which, like I said, is going to be a feature of every show. I don't know if we want some air horns or some like breaking news or some like important music. <laughs> We can get with production on that. We can we can workshop that. But my opening rant today is going to be on Michael Malone and something he said at practice yesterday. I was at Nuggets practice and I asked him about Peyton Watson. And if you're not familiar with Peyton Watson, Peyton Watson is a guy that's coming off the Nuggets bench this season. Second year guy, really inexperienced, but he has a ton of potential uh, did not play a lot at UCLA his one season there. And now he's trying to be in the rotation with the Nuggets. And he played in that first game. The Nuggets opening night went over the Lakers. He played off the bench. He's the Nuggets, you know, eighth, ninth man right now. And I asked Michael Malone at practice yesterday why he chose to go with Peyton Watson, why he had Peyton Watson in his rotation opening night, big game against the Lakers. And here's what he said when I asked him that yesterday. That fly around mentality that you just talked about, is that what made you want to go with Peyton with that group, with that second year group? Because you had a lot of options of guys you could go to there. I did. And uh, you know, I met with Peyton the other day. And, and I told him that I felt that he came into this season assuming he was going to get back a minute. And uh, I said, don't ever assume anything. You got to earn what you get. 
He has tremendous potential. He's got upside. He can do things that a lot of guys on our team can do because of his natural God-given abilities. But I want I don't want him skipping steps. I'm gonna be really hard on Peyton Watson because if he's gonna be the player that we all need him to be, I have to make sure I'm demanding greatness from him every single day. So I told him, I'm gonna give you those minutes to start the season. Now it's up to you to keep those minutes. And this is not, no, like I said, it's not Halloween coming up. I'm not handing out king-size candy bars to make everybody happy. He's gotta earn those minutes, but length, athleticism, activity, he might get beat on the plate, but he has the ability to get back into a play. He had a great block uh, in the paint against Angela Russell the other night. Um, so I, I want Peyton Watson to be a great player. I really do. And uh, we have to make sure he's doing what he needs to do every single day. So that was Mike Malone at practice talking about Peyton Watson and why he played him in that first game. But the point of that I want to focus on is when Mike Malone was talking about that he's going to coach Peyton Watson really hard this season. And I thought that was so inter interesting, and it really made me think about just Michael Malone's coaching style and what it's going to look like this season because I agree with him. And I put that clip on Twitter, and about half the responses I got were, oh, this is classic Malone being hard on a young player. He never plays young guys. Like, oh, Peyton's going to be out of the rotation soon, yada, 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 yada. And the other half was, oh, like, this is Michael Malone's bread and butter. This is what he's good at, developing talent, not giving it to young guys too soon. And I side with that group of people. I actually love this for Michael Malone. I want him to coach Peyton Watson really, really hard this season. And if the Nuggets want to get Peyton Watson's level where he's contributing to another championship, he's going to have to be coached really hard. So I love that. But the other part of it, and I think my bigger point that I want to send today is that I want Michael Malone to coach everybody on the Nuggets really, really hard this season. Maybe harder than he ever has because Denver has a chance to do something incredibly special this season. They have a chance to win back-to-back -back championships. They have a chance to be the first NBA team to go back-to-back -back since the Warriors in 2017-2018. And to do that, the Nuggets have to be the best version of themselves every single day when they play, when they practice, in the film room, wherever they are. They have to be on at all times. And I think Michael Malone is actually the perfect coach to make sure they're on at all times. So I want him to coach Nikola Jokic hard. I want him to coach Jamal Murray hard. I want him to coach everybody on the roster extremely hard. Obviously, I want him to coach Peyton Watson hard because I think he needs it. It's funny, like, we po we poke a lot of fun at Michael Malone sometimes when he calls out his team after a meaningless loss to the Pistons on, like, a Tuesday night in December. We like to laugh and, you know, make fun of him a little bit when he's just livid if the Nuggets don't play what he considers a perfect four quarters of basketball against a team like the Houston Rockets. And, like, we probably still will do that, but I want him to do that this season because I think he's got to remind this team every chance he gets that they actually do have the chance to do something special and historic and not only just go back-to-back, -back, but they have the chance to make this thing a dynasty. And to do that, I think they have to be coached hard. So we know Michael Mullen is going to coach Peyton Watson hard. 
I hope he coaches the entire team hard. And I think the Nuggets are a group, a mature group, an experienced group, a tested group where they can accept that and they can embrace that and, and they can receive that level of coaching. Um, that might be what's necessary to win a back-to-back -back championship. Winning a championship this year is going to be more difficult, I think, than winning one last year was. Everybody's coming for the Nuggets this year. You know, they are the team on the mountaintop. They are the hunted. And everybody else is going to be the hunter. And I think to stay locked in, to keep that focus all season long, Michael Malone really needs to coach these guys hard. I hope he does. I think he will. And I think it's the right approach for this team to take. So that's my opening rant for today. That's what's on my mind today. I hope Michael Malone coaches these guys hard all season, not just Peyton Watson, but the entire roster. Let's hit a quick break. On the other side, I will get to the interview I had with Andre Miller, where we touch on a ton of awesome topics, life in the G League, Nikola Jokic, watching this Nuggets team. There was a lot of really interesting stuff in there that I can't wait to get to. First, though, at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every touchdown, every game, every point, every play, from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Uh, check out Bet365. We have these really cool custom DNVR bets on Bet365 every week for every sport. There are Nuggets bets on there. I think a couple days ago, I'm not sure if it's still there, but we had uh, the Nuggets championship odds boosted so you can bet on that on bet 365 awesome custom bets if you're in denver for nuggets games same goes with broncos abs etc so uh get on bet 365 use the code dnvr365 at sign up must be 21 plus and physically located in colorado please gamble responsibly if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help call or text 1-800-GAMBLER and again, we got those custom bets on Bet365. Download the app. Um, you can get a first bet safety net of $1,000 in bonus bets or bet $5 and receive $150 in bonus bets when you sign up with code DNVR365. So download the app. Use code DNVR365. Get a first bet safety net of $1,000 in bonus bets or bet $5 and receive $150 in bonus bets when you use that code DNVR365. Also, make sure to check out the Game Time app and the Game Time Game of the Week this week. Broncos Chiefs Sunday at Empower Field at Mile High. You can still get great prices on tickets on the Game Time app right now if you want to watch the Broncos and the Chiefs. Uh, but Game Time is your go-to concert shows, sporting events, whatever you need. Game Time is your spot. They have these great last-minute price drops. Uh, just download the Game Time app, create an account, use code DNVR for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, but create an account, redeem code DNVR for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. And again, the Game Time Game of the Week, Broncos Chiefs Sunday in Denver. You can get tickets on the Game Time app. All right, back here on the Denver Sports Podcast. We're presented by Breckenridge Brewery. The official beer of DNVR, pick up the Broncos Country Pale Ale, the beer of the month here at the DNVR bar. Let's get to Andre Miller. I spoke with him yesterday. He's in Grand Rapids right now getting set for the G League season. They got the G League draft coming up. 
They got training camp. They got the season right around the corner. But, you know, Andre Miller is also a Nuggets legend. So we spoke a lot about, you know, opening night, watching Nikola Jokic, his experience being around the Joker, maybe how his game compares a little bit to Nikola Jokic. And uh, we also talked a lot about, you know, other stuff as well. I showed him a couple of highlights of his from his playing days. Reacted, we reacted to those. So uh, it was a fun interview. Let's get to that now. All right. Joined now by Nuggets legend, the professor, 11th all-time NBA career leader in assists, Andre Miller, coach of the Nuggets G League affiliate, Grand Rapids Gold. Coach Miller, man, thank you so much for uh, coming on the Denver Sports Podcast. Give me some time today. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Uh, I'm guessing you're just uh, locked in the film room getting ready for the uh, G League draft in a couple of days? No, not really. Uh, I actually was sitting here with some of the coaching staff going on, going over our preparation for the season. So, you know, yeah. it's great timing. Yeah, that was a little bit of a joke. It didn't quite land, but, mm-hmm. but that's okay. <laughs> Um, how are you feeling about the G league season coming up? I mean, you got the draft, you got training camp coming up soon. Uh, the showcase tip off November 10th. What's the excitement level for this season coming up? I'm looking forward to it. You know, uh, last year was my uh, first year in the G league. Um, you know, it was a great experience, a little bit of up and down roller coaster throughout the season, but, um, you know, I'm glad to be back at it, uh, running back, um, with a, a good coaching staff and, and some new players coming in. So, you know, we'll see how the, how the draft goes, and then we'll play from there. We'll go from there. Yeah. I want to talk about, obviously, the G League, kind of what you learned your first year, you as a coach. But uh, I got to stay timely. I mean, last night, the Nuggets had ring night in Denver. They hosted the Lakers. What do you think of that game? What, what were, were kind of some of your takeaways from watching first Nuggets game of the season? You know, it was it was great to see those guys get back after it. Um, you know, I was able to, to go to their training camp uh, earlier um, in San Diego and, you know, watch those guys uh, get themselves ready. And, you know, it was much deserving, you know, to have ring night, you know, seeing them with their NBA champion jackets on and, you know, go out there and get a win to start the season. So, you know, a lot of a lot of good energy, a lot of a lot of good things going on in Denver and hopefully it can continue for the rest of the season. You played parts of seven years for the Nuggets. Do you feel a, a still a strong connection to them? Obviously, you know, you've been pretty involved with the organization the last couple of years, but just from your playing time here, do you still feel a strong connection to the organization in that way? Not just the organization, but also the community. I made a lot of friends, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, I enjoyed my time there. You know, I do, you know, uh, have a special place for Denver in my heart just because I played there the most of my career. Um, you know, just made friends. I enjoyed the the community. I enjoyed the fans and, and had some great times on the court. So, you know, it was home base for me, even what, even though I was away from the team when I was on different teams. So, you know, to, yeah. to circle back and, and, and become the head coach of their, their developmental team is, is a, is a great experience. So I'm trying to take advantage of it. What's your favorite part about watching the Nuggets? this this version of the nuggets what what do you enjoy most about watching this team well i like i like that you know the coaching staff is is very much involved in the development of the players um mm-hmm. you know as far as the the makeup of the team i think cal and his staff have done a great job of 
putting together a, a mixture of uh, veterans with young guys. So it's kind of like an old school basketball with new school, you know, ball and player movement. And you can see the way they run their offense that, you know, they run it through, you know, uh, a big, that's a, a point guard, and but there's still ball movement, you know. So, you know, it's a little bit of old school and new school, and it helps when, you know, you have great shooters around around the team. You know, everybody can shoot the ball at a high level, and they're big and they they play well. So, a good mixture of veterans with the young guys, and I think that's something that's missing on a lot of other teams where you have veterans that can kind of set the example for for the the younger players. I mean, you saw how Christian Braun has has developed into a, yep. a, a great role player, and and there's more expectations out of him along with Peyton Watson and the rest of the young guys. So. You know, I just like the mixture of, of talent, you know, along with a great coaching staff. Did you learn that from your playing days that you have to have that mixture? Because, I mean, you played with a lot of different guys. I'm sure you were on, you know, you were on veteran teams, younger teams. Did you learn that you need that mix from, from your playing career? Yeah, definitely. You know, I needed it, you know, and, and of course the, the league is, we all know is a lot younger, but, you know, um, the league is not what you think it is. You know, these guys got to come in and, and learn how to play professional basketball the right way. A lot of these guys see a lot of stuff on TV as far as, you know, how guys work out and, and what they mm -hmm. get to do when they get to the NBA. And it's not necessarily that. You have to put in your time. You have to earn your keep. And, and when you have veterans that can teach you, you know, how to prepare yourself, how to, how to get a routine, how to be a professional, I think it, it goes a long way for these younger guys, you know. So, you know, I think every NBA team should at least have two or three guys, you know, veterans that can contribute, but also, you know, positive about, you know, wanting to help these young guys develop and become better pros. Yeah, for sure. Um, talking to Coach Miller right now, if you had to game plan for Nikola Jokic, how, how do you game plan him for him? What, what's the message you're sending your team if you're coaching defensively against him? Was is is pretty tough you just have to pick your poison and hope that he he has a has a rough night but you know he's in, involved on every other level you know he take care he takes care of his body um you know it's, it's it's tough to deal with a guy like that that can get it off the boards and push a lot of like a point guard and then he has an understanding that you know he plays from the inside out and he's a playmaker first so you know the offense is is, is perfect for him He's in this element, and then he's surrounded by guys that can keep the floor spread and make shots. So, you know, um, you know, it's tough to deal with him. You know, if he's on the post, you know, he could pass out of it. You know, if he's on the, on the outside, he could shoot the three and manipulate the defense with just his eyes. So it's tough to deal with a guy like that. You've spent more time around the Nuggets these last couple of years. I'm sure you've sat in on some practices and stuff. What have you thought of just watching Nikola Jokic behind the scenes, like how he conducts himself when you know he's not in in between the lines on a game night? Well, I just try to observe from a distance, and one thing that I've seen, you know, not just with him, but with the rest of the guys on the team, and it, and it all starts with him. Is you know he he comes to work, and this is business for him. You know, mm -hmm. he comes with a a work mentality. You know, he could have easily sat at home, which he probably did, you know, and, and got a few workouts in, but he was still involved with his teammates, you know, a few of his teammates went in and hung out with him in his country. And, you know, yeah. he's a team guy. He's a team guy. You know, he wants to see guys do do well. He's all about winning. And when that when that type of 
mentality comes from your best player, it's easy to rub off on everybody else and, and they fall in line. So, you know, he's he's definitely, you know, one of the better players that I've seen come through this league as far as his mindset and his approach and his routine of, of being a professional and, and handling business. No joking around with him. You know, they might call him joker, but, you know, there's no – no joking around with him when he touches that court. It's all about business and winning. Yeah, I always like to ask people that because that's a lot of players' like first big realization when they join the Nuggets and they watch him in a practice and they're like, oh, this guy, it's no surprise that he's who he is on the court because you watch him on the practice court, you watch him in the weight room, and he carries himself you know, like he's the best player in the world. It's always inter interesting because – that's a lot of times like new players first takeaway. They're like, wow, this guy actually puts in all the work. And I, I agree. I think it's, that's a great example. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, I feel like you and Joker have some similarities in your game. I feel like you might be just like a point guard version of Nikola Jokic in some ways. Do, do you see any similarities in terms of the pace you guys played with throwing guys off balance uh, how you see the game kind of compared to him? Yes, it's similar. You know, if I had to pick a big and put myself as a big, you know, I, I would love to be a joker and, and play like a joker. Um, you know, I think I would be probably a little bit more athletic, but you know, okay. Um, okay. you know, um, you know, he's a, he's a great player, man. You know, I think, you know, he's, he's great for the sport, you know, um, you know, he simplified the game. He has old school version versus new school version. And guys like him, Luca, these guys put in the work. You know, this is yeah. just something that they don't just show up and, you know, shoot a three-pointer or make those type of passes or, or work on make these kind of shots in their post game. These are things that they work on. They put the time in. Um, you know, they have expectations out of themselves to be great. So, you know, when you have a mentality like that, you know, you get a lot of respect from, from your peers. Yeah. So you said you might be a little more athletic. Do you have a higher basketball IQ than him, though? I mean, I mean, I, of course, I think I do. You know what I'm saying? I mean, <laughs> he, he just, you know, you know, from from a different position, you know, he is he's yeah. as great as it gets as far as thinking the game and and how to get, how to manipulate the defense and, and 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 get guys shots. He has a good feel for the system and everything around him. So you know. You know, I think he definitely is, is one of those those great bigs. I want to talk a little bit about just kind of your first year in the G League and, and what you've learned, you know, being as a coach. Uh, did you envision becoming a coach when your playing career wrapped up? I mean, not really. You know, uh, you know, I was always the extension of the coach on the court. And right. I kind of let I kind of led with my my work work ethic you know, more than running my mouth. And, you know, of course, as a coach, you got to learn how to communicate and, and uh, get people to follow you and, and get the trust of your teammates, which I, I thought I had throughout my career as far as helping people get better. So, you know, mm -hmm. I didn't I didn't think about it, but, you know, I'm enjoying the challenge. I'm learning a lot. It's not not as easy as you think. You know, it's, it's, it's almost just as much preparation as a coach as it is for the player. And, um, you know, because you have to be responsible for so many people and, and prepared to present to the players to earn their trust. So, you know, it's, it's, it's very similar on the other side of the fence. Yeah. Well, I believe, I believe it's a lot of work because every coach always says never become a coach. So I, so I actually believe it. 
-hmm. What would you say your favorite part of coaching is now that you've done it for a year? What's your favorite part of the job? Uh, my favorite part of the job is, is, is just being around the, the basketball environment, you know, um, also giving back knowledge to the players. You know, I, I feel like it's my duty. You know, I learned from watching TV and, and, and being around some great people and, and great coaches. And I felt that, you know, I've learned so much that, you know, it was an obligation to pass it on to, to people around me. It, it might be a little bit dinosaurish, you know, when I get into mm -hmm. the, the workouts with, you know, some of these young guys and I see that their, their workouts and their, their drills are a little bit different than what I went through, but, you know, it, it still boils down to the fundamentals and the basics of basketball and, and work ethic and routine. So, you know, um, me being a part of that is, is, is definitely refreshing, but I, I, I'm still learning, you know, I'm, I'm learning workouts to this day. You know, I've been here for a week now in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and, you know, our player development coaches and our staff, or, you know, we have a couple guys in town and, you know, I'm seeing some stuff that I ain't never seen before, you know, as far as, you know, working, working out, you know, so it's yeah. definitely refreshing, but at the same time, I get to throw in my fundamental stuff in at times. Yeah. I mean, I got to think you're an old school guy compared to a lot of the, the coaches and guys coming up now. Um, what you mentioned, a lot of the drills are different. How, how are, how is coaching now different from, you know, when you were coming up? Well, I think now it's a little bit more trust in the players. Of course, you know, um, the players can play a lot more freer, you know, mm -hmm. it's not as much repercussions you know, for, you know, a, a guy that's not really a shooter shooting seven or eight three-pointers, you know, of course, you know, I hate to go into a locker room and say, you know, when I, when I played in the NBA, it was like this. So I try not to do that, you know, um, you know, but it's a lot more freedom. So, you know, you just try to give them the basics, the fundamentals, you know, a little bit of structure and hope that, you know, the chemistry can get those guys making the right decision and playing the right way, you know, and, it's all on them to, you know, decide on, you know, what type of player they're going to be instead of a coach saying, hey, this is what you are for this team. But, you know, it's a profession. It's a profession, and, and, and these guys do definitely need to know their roles. All right, back to Andre Miller in one second. Got to tell you guys about FOCO. FOCO is the leading manufacturer of sports and entertainment merchandise with a product line that includes apparel, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, and more. It's the best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms um, world series going on right now. They got tons of awesome baseball merch at FOCO. You see a lot of the bobbleheads on our sets. They come from FOCO. They had the Broncos overalls this year for football season. They got awesome stuff. And the best part is it's all officially licensed for all sports and fandoms. Like I said, a lot of set decorations come from FOCO. A lot of stuff around the DNVR DNVR offices do as well. So check out FOCO. They always have our back for Colorado sports. They have yours to get the best gear around by using the link in our description. Go to uh, their website. Use the code DNVR. 10% off all non-presale items with the promo code DNVR. 10% off all non-presale items at FOCO with the code DNVR. Also want to tell you guys about Breckenridge Brewery. Breck Brew is the official beer of dnvr the beer of the month here at the dnvr bar is the broncos country pale ale get it for six dollars all month if you don't know where to get breck, breck brew check out the breck brew beer locator 
on their website, breckbrew.com. Just type in your zip code. It shows you exactly where to get Breckenridge Brewery, no matter where you are. Try out some of their favorites, the uh, Avalanche Amber. They got good company hard seltzers. They got the Juice Drop IPA, Broncos Country Pale Ale. Of course, Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. Yeah. Do you have to coach like this generation of player a lot differently than than you were coached when you were coming into the league? Definitely, definitely. I mean, the biggest the biggest difference is the language. You know, (laughs) you know, I was used to, you know, a lot of negative language, um, you know, a lot of swearing, a lot of swearing, a lot of negative motivation. You know, I mean, you have to definitely be a little bit more sensitive to, you know, what the players are going through. You know, you have to definitely care about, you know, not just about the basketball aspect of it, but, you know, where these guys come from, you know, where they want to go, you know, their goals and and what they want to get out of this basketball experience. So. You know, um, I'm aware of that. You know, I'm aware of. I try to just, you know, mix it up with a little bit of old school at times. You know, not not swearing, but you know, a little little bit of positive challenging. Hey, I think that's good. But I've also got to think the load management thing really pisses you off because you play. You only miss three games in your 17 year career. So, so that's yeah, got to be a little bit different of a shift. Yeah. If, if anything, that probably makes me mad even more. You know, um, I mean, I was an easygoing guy, you know, when I played. But, you know, to see players, you know, you know, you play. There's a reason why there's 82 games, because fans pay their money to come out and see these players. And, you know, I think probably the average average NBA guy now plays somewhere between 60 and 67 games. And that's almost missing like a month and a half of the season. So it's almost like, you know, two college seasons that they're playing in. I think that it's kind of like a bailout, you yeah. know, it's, it, you know, it's, it's to me, you know, these, these youngsters have, you know, other interests, you know, whereas of course, you know, if we had other interests, you know, we weren't a hundred percent committed. So, so, so it's right. a, it's a fine line, you know, it's, it's, you know, the, the bodies are different, but you know, you have all the best doctors in the world. You have all the best trainers in the world. These guys eat foods that I've never heard of before. <laughs> so, you know, they should be able to go out and perform if these foods are so good and these vitamins or whatever they're taking, they're so good. You know, Hey, you should be out, be able to go out and play 82 games. And, and to me, it, it just all comes down to, you know, mental, you know, I mean, there was, we all got bumps and bruises, but this is a mental game. And, you know, to stay involved, you want to be out there and, and not give any, any excuses. Yeah. The system that, that you're running in Grand Rapids, how similar is it to what the Nuggets are running at the NBA level? And, and how much communication is there between you and the Nuggets in terms of kind of the stuff they're doing here in the NBA, here in Denver, and stuff that you, that you want to implement there in the G League? Well, I, I, I pretty much, you know, kind of emulate what the Nuggets are doing because some of these guys are going back and forth b- between True. teams. So, you know, uh, last season, you know, I threw, you know, kind of a little bit of different terminology, but it was the same as everybody else. But, you know, it's, it's, it's all pretty much the same. It's just the terminology. You know, I get to be a little bit creative and time out, though, you know, but for the most part, it's just managing and, and, uh, trying to keep the game simple because the G league rules are definitely a lot different than the NBA rules. You only get one free throw for two baskets. Uh, the, mm-hmm. the timeouts are shorter. So I try to just emulate what the nuggets do, but, but try to keep the game as simple as I can, because these are, 
you know, you know, semi pros. Yeah. You probably, it's probably helps to have like a Nikola Jokic to do what the nuggets do, but you kind of had one in, in Grant golden last year. I know he's not on the team this year. He's playing in Europe, but he was kind of like the G league Nikola Jokic. I felt like. Yeah. Yeah. He was, you know, he started off slow, you know, um, and, and he started to come around around the end of the showcase in December. Yeah. And he pretty much, you know, consistent big who played all the games, didn't get injured. He had some stamina and he wanted to be a good player. And as the season went, he got better and better. And he worked himself into a job over, overseas. So, you know, he did a great job. You know, he, every everybody had their ups and downs because it was a lot of young guys, including me last year. So um, we'll see how it goes this year. But it was it was definitely uh, a cool experience to have a player, you know, a poor man's joker on the court. So, you know, but he, he sure. held his own. You coach Peyton Watson for most of, you know, the season last year, he only appeared in a couple games for Denver. He was in the G league a ton. Um, what were just some of your takeaways from, from coaching him and how much do you think he improved, you know, from game one to the end of his time with you last year in the G league? What's well, a lot of upside to Peyton, you know, I mean, he's, he's taller and, and, and more athletic than you think. Um, one thing, you know, he, he didn't play a senior year of high school and he didn't play that much in college for one year, but you know, he checked the box. He checked one, the, probably the most important box. And that was that that guy plays hard. That kid plays hard, you know? So when he came down to the G league, you know, yeah. Hey, I expect him to make some mistakes. You know, I expect him to be probably a little bit more selfish, you know, because he, he hadn't played much. And, but, mm -hmm. but, you know, when a guy like that is, is playing so hard and running all over the place and, and having positive energy and he wants to get better, you know, he's blocking shots and, you know, that's all you can ask for from a guy because, you know, normally you have to tell a guy, Hey man, I need you to play harder. You know, that was something yeah. that, you know, I never had to say to him, you know, he came down, you know, he was enthusiastic. You know, I wish we could have had him a lot more last year, but, you know, um, he's getting an opportunity with the Nuggets and hopefully he'll be able to take advantage of it. I love to hear that he was playing hard because I've got to think that that's always something you're wondering when an NBA guy comes to the G League in terms of like, you know, maybe maybe they're a little pissed off. They're not playing at the NBA level and they look at it as like a demotion, but I love the fact that, you know, you say he, you didn't have to tell him to play hard. Like, like that, may, that gives me a, a, a lot of insight just into his mindset as a player. Yeah, definitely. I, I didn't know too much about, the, I mean, I followed the G league, but you know, from a distance and, and, you know, you got European basketball is definitely some great basketball, but you know, the G league is an entirely different atmosphere than the NBA, you know? Yeah. These guys, these guys are very hungry, just like the NBA guys. But, you know, these guys are running full speed for the entire game. And, and it's a high scoring game. The rules are a little bit different. The game is a little bit faster. And you can see that the NBA is, is, is slowly adopting some of the things that the G League does. You know, now they got the in-game tournament. Mm -hmm. It's kind of similar to the, to the G League showcase where, you know, you, you have the showcase in December. So. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely some good things going on in the G League, which I like. It's a lot of, a lot more trash talking also. So, I mean, it's, it's definitely fun to uh, be around this type of atmosphere. I love that. Um, Calvin always talks about Peyton's upside and, and his defensive upside. 
what type of defender is he and kind of what type of ceiling do you think he has as a defender in the NBA? I think he can be one of the better defenders at his position, you know, once he gets more experience. I think right now, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's making up a, for a lot of mistakes with his athleticism, you know, and, and his hard work. But, you know, once he gets the idea of how to channel his defense and, you know, his and, and using more of his smarts than, you know, always relying on athleticism, you know, you put his smarts together with his athleticism, then he's going to become a bigger problem. He's going to become a disruptor. He's going to be more versatile where he can guard one through four. And right now, you know, they just letting him, throwing him out there to see what he can do. And he's doing pretty mm-hmm. good at picking up on everything and taking advantage of the opportunities given to him. All right. Last thing I want to do is I want to step into the film room a little bit with coach Andre Miller. I've got three, three of your highlights from your playing days. And I want to kind of break these down a little bit. Kale, can we, can we go to the first one here? So this is your game winner in the playoffs where you drive right by Draymond green, um, 2013 first round nuggets warriors game on the line game one of, of the series. Take me through this. I mean, Draymond green now regarded as, you know, like the most versatile defender in the NBA, you go right by him. Like he's not even there. Take me through that one. Well, I mean, that was this uh, game one of the playoffs. I forgot what year, maybe 2012, 2013, sure. 2013, 2013. So those, those guys were still young. You know, if this yeah. Draymond green, if this Draymond green was probably about five or six years in, then he, he probably would have stood me up or possibly fired me. I'm not sure, but you know, um, <laughs> Just, just the experience played out a little bit more against that team. But, you know, we still lost the series. I think that might have been the only game that we won. But, you know, just, just, just being aggressive, you know, that, you know, playing against that young team at the time, I believe Draymond Green wasn't starting that series until David Lee got hurt. But, yeah, um, I think you that's know, correct, yeah. Yeah, I saw, I saw it coming. I saw it coming, you know, being on the court against those guys and, and, um, you know, it just sucks seeing, you know, my buddy Andre Iguodala leave and, and go over there and join them after we get put out of that series. But, you know, um, much deserving to his career. You know, he had a great career. And, you know, uh, Stephen and Clan, Draymond, and the rest of those guys have, have, have been a blessing for the NBA and, and um, have broadened the game even more, you know, with the shooting and the way they – the type of basketball that they play. So, you know – I was happy to get my one little shining moment against them. Yeah. That was kind of the first series where people were like, Oh man, this, this could actually be something in, in golden state. Um, yeah. All right. Highlight number two. Offensively to Portland. And Willie green hits again. He's one who started the second half for the Hornets. Six point lead for New Orleans. Calling the timeout on uh the Andre Hornets Miller right here, and then and just ran in for the line. out and scores. The Hornets were already to the huddle. <laughs> um, have you ever Ooh. pulled that off in a game since, or is that the only time you've pulled that off? It was the only time ever. I think I might have did it another time. I doubt it, but you know, it was just more of a reaction thing. I didn't even think about it coming up and down the court. Coming down the court, it, it just. Or was a reaction like, oh, these guys are walking off the court. But, you know, you know, 
both of those clips, you know, I was in my thirties, probably, you know, somewhere between 33 and, and 35 or 36 years old. So it felt yeah. kind of good to sneak one past those guys and, and get away with that. I don't know why more players don't do that. Like everybody knows when a timeout's coming, it seems like you dribble it over right next to the coach on that sideline. I feel like this is a, a market inefficiency that more players need to exploit. I don't know. That's just, that's just me. That's just yeah, me. We'll see. <laughs> um, last play. This is when you scored um, 52 points. This is the 52 Ooh. point game. Uh, your next highest scoring game of your career was 37. Uh, a lot of people say this is the most unlikely 50 plus point game in NBA history. You made one three this entire game, but you had 52 points. I mean, how, how much do you remember this game? How, how much do you remember going for 52 against Dallas in this? Um, I mean, I've always been able to score the ball, but, yeah. you know, um, I didn't have to rely on that. I, I, I didn't want to waste no energy, and that, that wasn't my role on the team. That, that's, I came into the NBA wanting to be a distributor, a playmaker first. I've always been able to score. But, you know, I found my niche in helping guys get better you know, um, you know, helping guys get big contracts, you know, playing good team basketball and, and developing my reputation and being judged by the peers. So I'm, I'm sure that my peers was probably surprised that I did that, but mm -hmm. I, I'm sure it's just as many people that I know that I played against in the NBA was like, oh yeah, Drake can always score like that. But it was just something that, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't particularly thinking, oh, I'll go out and score 52 points. It just, yeah. flow like that and you know the one clip you had you know i was even able to get a, a magic johnson sky hook in so you know i, know. Um, I was pretty impressed <laughs> pretty impressed yes yeah, so i was happy with that but i think this is where the, your comp to nicole Jokic comes in again because joker's the same way he might be able to go get you 50 but he's just kind of gonna give you whatever the defense allows and you know however the game feels that night so yeah, I think yeah, I think I mean, you're more similar to Joker than you think. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right, Andre Miller, thank you so much for coming on. Good luck in the G League this season. Season starting up next month. Can't wait to watch the gold this year. Uh, thanks for giving us some time, man. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. All right, that was Andre Miller, Nuggets legend, coach of the Grand Rapids Gold. How cool was that watching Andre Miller react to his own highlights? That was great. That was awesome. Um, there was another one that I wanted to show him of him just absolutely putting somebody on a poster. It was one of only like nine dunks he ever had in his career. He didn't dunk a lot, but he got up a couple times. Uh, no, but I thought Andre Miller had a lot of really cool insight there on how his game kind of compares to Nicole Jokic, some of the differences between coaching now compared to when he was coming up how he hates load management. I love that as well. Um, but thanks a lot to him uh, for giving me some time and talking about hoops. So that's it for this week's episode of the Denver Sports Podcast. Again, I'm going to be having one guest per week on this show, sometimes in studio right here next to me. Um, but we're going to be talking about all Denver sports on this show. Obviously, a lot of nuggets. But Avs, Broncos, Rockies, Buffs, Rams, too. Uh, if those are things that are prevalent and that I want to discuss with you guys. So thanks for tuning in. 
Hope you enjoyed that interview with Andre Miller. And we will be back next week. One episode of the Denver Sports Podcast per week. Thank you guys for tuning in. Talk to you then. We all city like the mayor. 